Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and let's get started. I'm back with Harry Rathbone Thomas out of London, and he is runs the number one fitness. That's his brand. You got you got to have courage. Uh, it uh, you know the if you're going to name your company number one fitness, you got a lot to you know. You're not apologizing. You know you're sending, <laughs> you're sending a message. I like that. I like going for number one. I don't know how you get people excited about going for number two. You know <laughs> how. How great would the company be? Number two fitness company. <laughs> Useless. But, uh, 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 you know, he's, uh, they're generate, he's generating, uh, you know, incomes for himself over 1.2 million a year. Their brand is growing. He does uh, consulting. He does uh, coaching. Uh, I don't know what other kind of marketing things he, he does, but, I'm sure it's to keep himself entertained and, and growing and moving up. So welcome back, Harry. Thank you for having me back. And uh, talk about the steps you went through, how long it took, how you put it together to get your own company. To get my own company, I think we kind of just went into, into the unknown. Like we literally didn't have a clue what it was going to kind of transpire into. We just were two young lads thinking we've got our own gym. And I think the steps that we ended up falling into was we played every single role within that company, the receptionist, the cleaner, the personal trainer, the manager, as we started growing. And then when you started growing, the more problems would start appearing, then you'd have to find a solution for it. So at the time, we, did, we didn't think we were doing a good job, but that was kind of part of our growth. And now looking back, we had to do them tasks for us to now to get the staff on to do it the way that we wanted. Well, talk about uh, how you went about developing your, you know, how you went and who first kind of problems that came up, the first kind of people you you hired, how you trained them, and how you settled in, because that you know people wonder, I, I you know, I I want to develop a system. You know, how do you develop a system? Well, I always tell them grow. Because when you grow, you have to do things more efficiently. You're forced to learn how to get the same things done in a short period of time. Eventually, you'll run out of time. And then you'll, you'll, you'll see where you need help the first, first. And then you'll tell them what you did to do that job. And so they do it right. And they don't create problems for you. And now you've started to build your company and to develop your system. And you just keep doing that over and over. So how did you go through? What was your first thing you ran into and the first person? Uh, I, I guess the first thing that we did every single role and literally working all hours a day. And then one of our friends was just happened to be there and we were running late from a meeting and we literally said, can you cover one of our sessions for us? And it was amazing to get an hour off and still get paid for it. And then, so we then managed to get staff in and that kind of, uh, and it, originally you just get anyone in because they got the title personal trainer. But then you realize that they don't do what you like, but then you haven't told them. And then you realize, okay, we've got to train them. So you kind of going forward and then going back to fix your mistakes to be able to move forward again. And then when a new problem comes, now you have to find a, another solution. So we've got a lot wrong looking back over the time. But looking back, you had to make their mistakes to make it bulletproof now. 
Well, if you don't do anything wrong, you're not doing anything. The only way to avoid doing things wrong is to not grow or to not do anything. And so that's why you can't be upset when you found out you did something wrong because the good thing, and again, to put the positive, the good thing is you found out what you didn't know. The only way to find out what you don't know is to charge ahead. <laughs> exactly. I always use the analogy of uh, Photoshop. If you haven't got a clue how to use it, you fail every single time. Yeah. That's exactly the same as you do in business. It's just a Photoshop failure, but you, it's the same thing. You just, it's literally you're practicing like business. That's all you're doing. Yeah, you've got to dive in and, and that's why uh, it really, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but you know, these people, they, you know, they, the life coaching universities and degrees, uh, I'm going to be a life coach because I studied and I read some books and listened to tapes and passed a test. That's like uh, I listened to some tapes, read some books and passed a test on the piano. And now book, book me for Carnegie Hall. You know, let me play the uh, a Royal Albert Hall now. Uh, I'm going to be in there in the summer. What do they call that series in the summer in August? The, uh, uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> I, I, for, I forgot what it is, but they'll go in there, play, you know, for weeks on end and in there. But, you know, yeah, go ahead and book, book me into uh, the concert uh, tour because I read a book and let's pass the test on the piano. You know, it's you've got to get your hands into it. That's why they say no one escapes the repetitions because it's the <laughs> repetitions you know, you've got to go to the gym every day. You know, that's what you got to go to the office every day. You got to go to the golf course. Uh, you know, if you want to learn how to play the piano, you got to sit down and put those keys on there and play or the guitar. You know, nobody learns this stuff. You know, what's funny. I, I even I saw something on the Leonardo da Vinci it has something to do with the Louvre. And uh, they had the studies, you know, they had they had made this this uh, discovery of his drawings on something and some drawing that he did, you know, it had to do with horses, but he had like the most detailed uh, drawing you can imagine, pencil drawing of a horse's hoof from like the first uh, 16 inches of a horse's front foot turn this way, that way, the other, in insane detail. And you could tell this guy put a lot of energy into getting, this is before he even got on the canvas. You know, yeah, he probably spent 10,000 hours drawing the horse's foot. You know, that just the left front foot is like, you got to be kidding. But, you know, people who achieve these levels of expertise Usually, you know, they're probably gifted and everything, but the main gift they had is they love doing it. And uh, yeah. that's, that's why you got you to gotta find things you like to do and, and stop apologizing for it. But the thing is, do something great with it. And so talk about yeah. that's the passion you've had. Uh, and how did this, why, uh, uh, as you went through these problems of having your own uh, starting your own gym and everything. How were you doing on money? Were you making, did you make more money when you're working with the other guy or were you, did you get behind where you owed people a lot of money and things like that? Yes. So uh, I, I remember our first ever business plan. We were like, we're going to make 30,000 pounds, make like 300 pounds. And then it, it got interesting quite quickly. 
but yeah, we had uh, a bank meeting with our manager asking for some more money. Then he said, sorry, lads, that's the best I can do. So it was like, literally, we had their moments where we thought, what, what, we, what are we going to do? But there was no plan in place. And uh, one of the best things we ever did was actually get a business coach. And when, when we got introduced to him, we was like, what is he going to know about fitness? He hasn't got a clue about what we do. Yeah. And he just, he just literally sat us down, just highlighted, we didn't know our numbers. We didn't know how much we were spent. We didn't know anything. And it was just a, it was an understanding that you've got to invest in stuff and, and, and get a return rather than spend on stuff. Yeah, and talk about explaining that. Now, what did that mean to you? Why was that uh, an eye-opener for you? But what he said, first of all, he goes, would you ever spend £30,000 a month on Google? And we're like, no, no way. And he went, what happens if it got you a million pound back? And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it then. He's like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's zoom that back to smaller numbers. If you were to spend £300 on Google and you got £1,200 back, would you do it? Yes, cool. And then he made us realise that everything, so paying for his service, if we received then two clients, that would be worth it. And he would then say, well, I know I can get you, help you get more clients. So it was just the understanding that you have to put money in rather than what I was taught when you were growing up, you get and spend, and that you just try to even it out like that. Yeah. Yeah, the, usually we get the spend part down. But uh, <laughs> the thing is that also he got you focused on specifically uh, growing your revenue. Like, what am I doing now today and how does that turn into money? And mm -hmm. uh, what kind of other changes did you make to get yourself organized for basically bigger and bigger cash flow and did you do any expansion or did how did that how did that go from that stage to where you start to make you know all of creation this is the, you know i'm getting theoretical but like god in the beginning god you know the earth was without form you know it was shapeless and then god step by step started putting order in you know and so the thing is all new businesses are little, uh, uh, just little balls of chaos. You know, you, that's why you can't worry about the mistakes you make and everything because all businesses start once you get them rolling, you know, as, as a ball of chaos that you figure out uh, as you go and you step by step, you organize it, make it orderly. And then with every, the, the, the encouraging thing, with every improvement you make, you become more profitable, you know? And because you're eliminating loss and putting things in for profit. So you go from good attitude to good performance. You know, good attitude gets you started, keeps you running hard, but good performance comes because you improve, you fix what's broken and keep moving. But talk about some of the changes you made and what, how do your income grew? Yeah. So I think the other thing that he highlighted is what was my time and my business partner's time best spent on because at the moment we were doing deliveries of the towels we were doing he said if i if you had an extra hour in the gym would you make money yes okay outsource outsource so we'd get for example we got an accountant on board rather than try to do it ourselves say cost us money but saved us time and gave us more understanding of our business and then you'd get someone to do the videos so they come up properly so it took time because obviously cash flow, then you have to then pay and invest in these people, which we 
were always fighting with. But when we had that idea of what did we do next, we'd go and find the right person, or we'd find a person, and then over time they started to become the right person. But again, you learn from hiring, you learn from how you train your staff, and then you learn from how you treat them, respect them. Yeah, it, it's, but I would say all of that takes at least at least eight to 10 years to even become what I would call an expert at running a business. And you still don't know anything at that point. But I think it's okay to just zoom out because we, we're so in a rush to do everything all the time. And, and or oh, actually, this would be a better way. Imagine if you were a young guy and you want to have a best-selling book. Why don't you just start writing a book about your book, about your entrepreneur journey. So when you get to the age of 33, you now have all the content for your book. And you know what you're doing the whole time. So then you can at least work it out. Well, there's an idea that we can share. I'll copyright that one. There you go. Hey, yeah, yeah, we're both going to be multimillionaires by this over, except, you know, I think we're kind of on it. We're there already. But the thing is that uh, uh, you have uh, uh, a growth thing. How long did it take your growth? Did you stay in that one location? Uh, did you feel like we have maxed out our income potential through this? I, I tell you what, let's do. Let's save that for another episode. This has been great. And uh, it's the practical journey. That's why, you know, I, I loved having you on, Harry, because you just had to figure this out. You know, you didn't come out of a school. And I'll tell you an interesting thing. I was reading a, uh, I was watching uh, yet another, I, I'm a sucker for uh, these, uh, since, you know, I studied architecture and I built houses and all of that stuff, that uh, uh, these great buildings of the past, you know, like even with, the first thing that got me on it was the Louvre. You know, they're rebuilding the Louvre uh, over in uh, Paris. When it, not, no, Notre Dame. It burnt down. And so oh, okay. they, they got a video about re, you know, rebuilding that and all the old techniques. You know, back, yeah. when, back when the Colosseum, the, uh, the uh, Notre Dame, uh, the, uh, uh, well, I can't think of all of these big things, structures in the pack, but the uh, Colosseum, things like that, they did not even have architecture in school. You know who figured out all the things like columns, designs, concrete mixes, this, that, and the other, like the aqueduct. You know, they, they would bring it into the Colosseum. They would build, they would bring water from the mountains, <laughs> aqueduct system, like 200 miles <laughs> with gravity, you know, gravity fed. They would fill up the Colosseum where they could have a naval battle in the morning, drain it, and then have <laughs> sand and have animals and gladiators fighting in the afternoon. And wow. they went in there and they showed how they, you know, they, but you know who, how they figured it out? Guys who had no training, but were had the job, you, fi you figure this out or you're, you're done, you know? And uh, <laughs> they would get out there and somehow they figured out engineering and, and none of, None of this stuff is really written down because they were busy working, you know, they weren't in a school or something like that. And so it's really unlimited what you can learn when you're in the heat of battle and you're like forced to come up with stuff because if you can't figure it out yourself, at least you know what kind of questions to answer, uh, where uh, 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 you can get the answers you need and you're more likely to recognize who has figured it out which tells you who to go ask, you know, and uh, to get them, the information you need. Somebody who's a little bit further along 
than you. And that's why, uh, you know, role models, mentors, and things like that can be so handy. Like you had the, uh, the business coach who came in and I'm sure he, you know, if we looked at his background, he probably had quite a few successes in business himself. And so he knew, obviously he knew what he was talking about, you know, when he analyzed <laughs> your program. So thanks so much, Harry, for being with us and uh, look forward to the next time. Yeah, thank you, Larry. Great to be on the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. If I've helped you in any way, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes and check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit us on WydellOnWinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, and until next time, go, go, go.